0: I want to talk to you tonight about the Holy Spirit and the Day of Pentecost and Pentecost experience. And I've asked Maldwin if later on he will come and share how he has been impacted by the Holy Spirit uh, in his life. Um, Someone came to me just before the meeting and said, during the service this morning, they had a picture um, of a ladle pouring honey. On the heads of everyone. (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, I trust each one of us wants to have more of the Lord and more of the honey of heaven uh, for each one of us. Today we're going to celebrate a birthday. It is the birthday of the church. Now, when there's a birth, a birth is
1: anticipated,
0: you don't just come home and, hey presto, there is a little baby crying, wanting feeding, Uh, there is a process where you are expecting this to happen, and the birth of the church was like that, it was predicted. Pentecost was predicted, prophesied years before the prophet Joel. He said uh, that in the last days God would pour out his spirit upon all flesh, that sons and daughters would prophesy, old men would dream dreams and godly dreams, that is, not, not the other sort. <laughs> And and there would be m- m- a great emphasis and a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Now God always wanted a people that would live happily under his rule, his authority, his laws and his principles, and the church was the third and final attempt at this. You might remember there was Adam in, and Eve in the Garden of Eden where God wanted to give them the best. And don't we live on a beautiful planet, and on a sunny day anyway, where there are hills, and rivers, and valleys, and, and, and I think God said, i created this beautiful world, fabulous planet, and I'm putting man there. Now, whether you believe in an old creation and a new, or whether the dinosaurs were part of the old, and whatever, what, it doesn't matter. God put man on this beautiful planet, and he said, look after it for me. And God wanted them to multiply, and live under his rule, under his care and his love. But sadly, mankind fell. You know the story of the fall of the temptation of, of, and the fall of man. So God, after many, many uh, centuries, he chose a man, Abraham. And he said, from your children, your seed, You're going to be a special people unto me. He said, I will bless those people that bless you, and I'll curse those that curse you, and you will be my special people. The Jewish people will be my special people. You will be my representatives on earth. And, of course, all the prophetic scriptures that we have in the Bible, all the, the books in the Bible all been written by Jewish people, God's chosen people. But did they fulfill what God wanted for them? Well, sadly, they did not. And Jesus said, Oh Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered you together as a hen gathers her chickens under her wing? But you would not. He said, I sent you prophets and wise men, and you turned them all down, And in Pilate's judgment hall, they cried. The the official people uh, cried, away with him. We do not want this man to reign over us. So God had a third plan. And Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's going to work. It's going to be successful. It's going to be something amazing. Out of all tribes, all nations, all people, there's going to be one body, and we're going to call it the church. The church simply means ecclesia, the called out ones, called out from the world into the family of God. <laughs> so it's God's plan, and this Uh, event was, as I say, expected. It was prophesied by Joel the prophet. It was proclaimed by John the Baptist because John said, I baptize with water uh, 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 for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I have drenched you in the River Jordan, but he is going to drench you in the Holy Spirit. And fire. That's what we need, isn't it? A bit of fire. Not like a wet blanket. Some people are like a wet blanket. Others, hallelujah, are like a fire. Oops. <laughs> Save us from excited preachers. (laughs) So it was proclaimed by John, but it was then promised by Jesus. Jesus prepared his disciples and he said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper, another comforter, another helper, that he may be with you forever the Spirit of truth, whom the world can't receive because it sees him nor doesn't see him or know him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and he shall be in you. And then finally, it was practiced by the first followers of Jesus. After the Holy Spirit had come upon them, they began to live out or practice this new thing that God was doing. Now, in the Jewish calendar, there were three feasts that the children of Israel, the men actually, (laughs) uh, had to attend. There was the feast of the Passover, which they got to come to, to Jerusalem, and then 50 days later, there was the feast of ingathering, the feast of first fruits, which was 50 days after Pentecost, that... The Greek word for 50 is uh, Pentecost, so it was called the Feast of Pentecost. And then, of course, later in the year, uh, there was the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, at this feast that we're talking about, it was the feast of the first ripe fruits, the first people, and, and, and as um, Paul has said, 3,000 were saved on the day of Pentecost. This was the first fruits. But today I understand there's at least a billion people who are following the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? And uh, uh, th- these people were the first fruits. So I'm going to read to you um, quickly the, the 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 story of the the coming of the, the, the of the Spirit. On the day of of Pentecost, and if you remember from your Bible, it's in Acts chapter 2, and I'll just read down a few verses. This is what happened to those people there. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonderful, the wonders of God in our own tongue. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some however made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven and raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, and all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire, billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Jesus said to his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you spiritual power. You will receive gifts that you have not, that you do not possess at the moment, but you will possess them later. Things that you could not do, or you cannot do now, you will be able to do later when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, because He will enable you. These are not natural gifts. There are some gifts that are natural gifts, Um, sometimes musical gifts are are natural gifts. God can bless natural gifts and inspire, but they are natural gifts. Mozart was composing music at the age of four. (laughs) You can't teach that. It's it's a gift, Um, it's a natural gift. But what we're talking about here is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, said, Jesus, you'll be able to do what you can't do at the moment. And so, um, you will receive power. It's said of Jacob in the Old Testament, uh, he had power with God and with men. Um, So, the first disciples, when the Holy Spirit came on that first uh, Pentecost day, it was nine o'clock in the morning. And they had been praying for about 10 days. And I guess, you know, if you read the story of the, of the disciples, they were invariably falling out with one another. And it was usually about who was the top dog, who was, who, who was the greatest. Um, and uh, each, of course, seemed to advance the idea that they were the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess... In those days, after the ascension of Christ and the coming of the Spirit, which was 10 days later, they were probably getting right with one another. They were forgiving one another. They were coming into a sense of unity. How many of you know the Bible is true when it says, when we dwell together in unity, the Lord commands the blessing. (laughs) You know, someone has said, to dwell with saints above, that will be glory. To dwell with saints below, well, that's another story. <laughs> Sometimes Christians can be difficult to get on with. But the Bible says we are to strive for the unity, to maintain the unity of the Spirit and I guess that time, from the ascension to the fullness of coming of the Holy Spirit, they were getting right with one another. And so when the day of Pentecost came, they were all with one accord, and they were in one place, and the Holy Spirit came rushing in. And it sounded like a violent wind blowing. And, and of course it wasn't a wind, it sounded like a wind. where the the Holy Spirit came rushing in and cloven tongues, like, like, it wasn't fire, but it was like fire, sat on each of their heads. I was reading about the revival, when I talked to it, about the revival in um, Los Angeles years ago uh, in the old Azusa Street mission. And they said, on one occasion there was fire appeared out of the top of the building, insomuch that they sent they sent for the fire brigade. <laughs> but it wasn't real fire, it was the fire of the Holy Ghost. And and inside on that particular day there were phenomenal healings and manifestations of God. So there was this fire. That sat on each, what does the fire do? The fire burns, the fire cleanses. And, and how many of us need that fire, that cleansing, that touch of fire in our bones? <coughs> uh, so, these, these people. Um, and then they had the ability to speak in languages that they had never learned. They began to speak in other Languages in other tongues, as the spirit of God enabled them now, this was not a natural thing. it was not something they learned in college. It was not you know some people are good at languages i 'm hopeless at languages we 've been to Spain many a time, and, and I think uh, now i 'm just trying to say uh, even though I can't think of the word. It's, hello, anyway, uh, I know that um, Anna, she, she's very good at, uh, at Spanish but, uh, and other languages, but these were, these were not languages that they had learned. They were new languages by the Holy Spirit. And as they were speaking, the people all around that had come to the feast from all over Asia Minor and all around, these people were amazed because they were speaking the wonderful works of God in the language that the people around could hear and understand. These are supernatural things, not learned, not natural gifts, these come down from heaven. These are are supernatural gifts uh, from, from God. So these people, the, the first disciples, they could do that. And presumably the 3,000 converts that were saved on the day of Pentecost, when they asked Peter what should they do, he said to repent, to be baptized, and they too would receive the same gift that they had. <clears throat> so there were supernatural things. They, were, they knew things that were hidden. When a couple in the church, Ananias and Sapphira, it was a time when people were very generous and they were selling their homes and uh, they got a second home or land and stuff like that, and they were bringing the money to the apostles and they were distributing it to the poor people. Now, there was a couple in the church and they sold some land, but they kept back part of it and pretended they hadn't. (laughs) It wasn't that God was hard up for a few, Bob, or something like that. But this couple, they, they lied to the apostles. And as Ananias is standing there, Peter knew what he'd done. And he said, why, Ananias, why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? He said, when you, when you, had, when you had the land, it was yours, and even when you'd sold it, you still had the money. So we, we didn't ask you for anything like that. But, but you've tried to deceive. You've not lied to me, Ananias, but you have lied to the Holy Spirit. And the guy dropped down dead in church. How many of you would like to go to a church like that? Dear me. Well, then his wife came in and the same happened to her. These were what we call words of knowledge, where God gives a word of knowledge. Not just the, there's no such a gift as the gift of wisdom, it's the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge a, a small amount. <clears throat> there were also also the ability to heal sicknesses. And there's many recorded incidents in the New Testament where Physical sicknesses were instantaneously and wonderfully cured by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, they had the ability to prophesy words from God. They had power in their lives and they'd got great boldness. You might remember that they were up in this upper room because they were afraid that the authorities who would murdered Jesus, were going to come and murder them, so they were afraid. But when the Holy Spirit came, oh boy, they couldn't care less. They were filled with boldness. <clears throat> also, their prayer life, they just, no, they had to tell them to pray. They just prayed. They lived a prayer. And they had great love for one another. You read this in the book of Acts. They had a, a tremendous affection for one another. They sought one another's benefit and blessing. It wasn't so much thinking of me, it was thinking of others. And they had love for one another. It was just such a great community. They were generous. They, they shared everything. If some people had genuine needs, they helped to meet those needs. And then they had fellowship. They talked with one another. They ate with one another. And there was gladness. And they had joy in their joy in their hearts. This community was the happiest thing on earth. It was a joyful Holy Ghost community of people. <clears throat> now, the Bible teaches this Second work of the Holy Spirit. That when we're saved, when we're born again, the Holy Spirit does come to live within us. But the scriptures teach us that there is this endowment of power as a sort of a second blessing, if you will, from the Holy Spirit, a baptism in the Holy Spirit, the old timers. I I would call it the same as well. John the Baptist said, I baptize with water, but he is going to come and he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself was baptized in water, and then coming out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily form like a dove and rested upon (laughs) him. The first disciples, Jesus breathed on them, and the received the Holy Spirit in, uh, in um, after his resurrection. But on the day of Pentecost, they were filled, and baptized, and drenched in the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and then, again, in Acts uh, and chapter eight, the evangelist Philip went down to Samaria and he preached the gospel to them, and he healed the sick, cast out devils. And the Bible says there was great joy in that city. And uh, people were free from their sins, free from their addictions. Many of them have been wonderfully healed by the power of God, and there was great joy in that city. And then the Other apostles in Jerusalem had heard that this had happened in Samaria, the area of Samaria, and they sent Peter and John down, and when Peter and John came along, they laid their hands upon them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Bible says he had fallen upon none of them, but they had been baptized in water. They were born again, they were believers, but they had not received this endowment of power from from on high. This is what the scripture says. Now, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had came down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And then, just hurrying on quickly, in Acts chapter 9, Saul of Tarsus is going to Damascus with letters of authority to arrest the Christians there. And on the road to Damascus, when they got near the city, a light shone around him above the brightness of the sun, threw him to the ground, and the apostles, the uh, Paul, that Saul of Tarsus, he said uh, uh, he heard a voice saying, "Why are you persecuting me, Saul? Why are you doing this? Why are you living this way? I'm persecuting uh, Christians. Why? Because you're, you're you're persecuting me. You you, you think you're uh, persecuting these believers, but you're persecuting me." And and Saul said, "Who are you, Lord?" And uh, he said, "I'm Jesus." whom you're persecuting and it's hard for you to kick against the goats <clears throat> it was like a, a a mule that wouldn't go and and they prod it to make it go and 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 god said to him it's hard and it's hard for you and and Saul said what do you want me to do and i believe he was converted on the the road there to Damascus. He said, You're going to the city, and it's going to be told you what you should do. And God spoke to another um, disciple who had the name of. Um, Ananias, and Ananias, a different Ananias than what we spoke about earlier. Ananias, he said, I want you to go and uh, lay your hands upon Saul of Tarsus, and I'll tell you where he's living. He's living in Straight Street in Damascus, and he's praying, and he's seen a vision of a man coming in that he might be uh, filled with the Holy Spirit and receive his sight as well. And, uh, And Ananias said, and I think the... I think the message version says about what Ananias said, said, they express it like this, Lord, you can't be serious. (laughs) This is a bad person. (laughs) He's persecuting the church. And God said, don't worry, Ananias, he's a chosen vessel unto me. And Ananias opened the door and he looked at this little man who was blind, and and shaking possibly and wondering, confused and and he said brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared to you on the road where you sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit and when he prayed for him it was like scales dropped off his eyes, he could see again and he was filled with the Holy Spirit and then in Acts chapter 10 when uh, Peter went to preach to the centurion, the Roman centurion in, 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 uh, uh, in Caesarea. And Peter is preaching away to this congregation, and suddenly the Holy Spirit interrupted. I, I don't mind interruptions if they're divine interruptions. <laughs> I don't mind a bit of chaos if it's Holy Ghost chaos. <laughs> We've had a few other things in, in the past, I can tell you. <clears throat> but here the, the Holy Spirit <laughs> said to Peter, you preached enough. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit fell on all that group of people. And the, and the Jews that had come with uh, Peter, they, they, they said, Luke, the Holy Spirit has fallen upon these people as well, because they heard them speaking with other tongues and magnifying the Lord. And then finally, uh, in Acts chapter 19, Paul meets a few believers in Ephesus, and uh, as he's talking to them, he maybe felt that there was something lacking in their walk with the Lord and he said have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed or did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe whichever way and they said we've not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit so then he pointed them to Christ he baptized them and then after they come out of the water I don't whether they got dried off or not the Bible says Paul laid his hands on them And they received the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues and prophesied. Now, at the turn of the last century, there was a move of God. Some people say that after the apostles had died, the original apostles, a lot of these charismatic gifts had ceased to work. And through the years of church history, there have always been incidents of divine healing, of the casting out of demons, (coughs) of speaking with other tongues, of prophesy, (coughs) but not so frequently. And through the years of church history, these were infrequent times, and it was kind of like it was like the Holy Spirit, was dormant. <clears throat> and then, at the turn of the last century, there was in Los Angeles a black preacher by the name of William Seymour, who had one eye. <laughs> and, and, and so much was the prejudice of some in those days that he, he had to stay outside the meeting because of his color, for goodness sake. But he was instrumental in bringing a great revival. And in their meetings, and they hadn't got anything nice, they hadn't even got a guitar, for goodness sake. How can you be blessed without a guitar? <coughs> <laughs> and uh, he had orange bo- uh, um wooden, wooden benches, wooden orange boxes, I think, as a platform. And and it was upstairs, and it was an old corn mill, for goodness sake. How can God come in an old corn mill? But the power of God was there. People were being baptized in the Holy Spirit, prophecies and speaking with tongues. I don't know whether I told you the other week of of um, an Israeli, a Jewish reporter was sent by the newspaper to write a damning report about this people that they were called the Tongs people, you know. <clears throat> he was sent to, uh, to write a damning report, and uh, a young lady who had been in the prayer meeting upstairs, they had a prayer meeting upstairs, and they used to ring a bell, and they'd all meet downstairs for the normal service. <clears throat> but this guy came up, and this young girl began to speak in another language, but it was in Hebrew, that this man knew perfectly told him his name, where he came from, what he was doing here, and, and he needed to repent and turn to God. And this guy was wonderfully converted to the Lord. <clears throat> now, I don't know why I told you that. Huh? <clears throat> People came from all over the world to this old corn mill. People from um, Norway and Sweden and, and, and England, because God was doing something, God was pouring out his spirit in these latter days, oh praise god and 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 the what we call the modern Pentecostal movement was birthed there now, at first, this experience was not accepted. The normal church life uh, people said oh, this can 't happen because they said, all this sort of stuff died out with the apostles. You don't have this anymore. But God was pouring out his spirit in a new and wonderful way. They saw phenomenal miracles. And I've just been reading again Maldwin's book on the early days of our particular uh, movement, the Elim Church. And some of the miracles that God performed through the hands of George and Stephen Jefferson, some of the old timers, they saw wonderful Amazing things happen under the power of God, and I don't know about you. I'm reading it, and I'm saying, "Oh Lord, I want to see it again." <laughs> I am sick of, tired of Sunday go to meeting meetings where it says, predi- "Well, I don't say we are not quite as predictable as the morning uh, sunshine, are we?" But <clears throat> but we can get predictable, can't we? It's easy to get predictable. But how many of us are? I just wanting a move of the Holy Ghost, a personal Pentecost. Hallelujah. It's not just a one-off experience, but a filling and a refilling. Oh, praise God. Be filled with the Spirit. Be being filled with the Spirit. Now, what do we do? What do we need to do to receive all this? I'm, I'm finishing now because Maldwin's going to come and share his personal testimony. <clears throat> when Peter preached... The people on the day of Pentecost, the people, were. the Bible says, were cut to the heart. The Holy Spirit just said, I have sent you your Messiah and you jolly well killed him. And they said, Lord, what shall we do? We've killed our long-awaited Messiah. And, and, And Peter said, what you need to do, you need to repent and you need to be baptized and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit because the promise is for you and to your children, and to as many as the Lord God shall call. It's for you, and you, and you, and me. <clears throat> Amen. What do we need? We need to be repent, to be baptized in water, and a hunger and a thirst for God. Jesus said at that great feast, if anybody is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And out of his belly will flow rivers of living water, as the scripture says, rivers of living water. And all we need is a thirst, a hunger and a thirst for God. I remember when God began to deal with my, my old life. I'd been brought up in a family that accepted all this stuff, but I'd never received or never wanted to receive. Didn't. But then I became hungry for the things of God. And uh, well, I'll tell you my testimony some other time, but come on, Maldwin, you come and share with us how, how you were impacted a um, hundred years ago.
1: <laughs> By the way, I will be starting a, a Pentecostal history group in, um, in September, and we will be dealing with some of the um, things that David has referred to tonight, the Azusa Street revival, the Sunderland conventions, Elim, Assemblies of God, um, Bible pattern, um, the restoration movement, and even looking at the, um, the Toronto Blessing. So that'll be in the autumn. And as far as small groups are concerned, I noticed something said about Spanish. Well, Uh, Spanish is Argentina's main language. I can't teach you that, but I can teach you Argentina's second official language. (laughs) Tell you more about that another time. Um, I was converted at a a youth camp in Porthpeen in Cornwall on the 21st of 23rd of August 1962. Um, I was. uh, about three months before my 15th birthday. And in the the Valleys, where I was brought up, I wasn't born there, thank goodness. I'm a North Whalian by birth. Um, I, uh, but I was brought up in the Valleys, um, and the Pentecostals were um, spoken of with great derision. You know, they said, don't go... There they dance and they swing from the chandeliers. Do you know? I wish to God we did. (laughs) Um, Occasionally, not all the time, but occasionally. And um, so I was told to avoid the Pentecostals like the plague. But you know, at this youth camp that I went to, I heard people speaking in a, a strange language. And you know the thing is, it didn't scare me or didn't bother me. I just came to accept it. And then I was at a prayer meeting at our church in in Porth, and um, I I just felt the power of God come on me, and I I didn't know what was happening or anything like that. And um, uh, trouble is, we we sometimes we get into a, um, into a mode where we think that God can only fill us in a particular way, you know we used to have the heavy breathers you know um uh, uh, and I was going to say more often than not, they were ladies, but let me say on this excuse me i'm gonna i'm gonna put this right, but if if um, we, we if, if you look at Acts 1 and 2, it is quite clear that there were more women present in the upper room on the, day, on, on the um, days between the um, resurrection and on the day of Pentecost. There were more, more women than there were men. You look at Acts 1, and um, no more than 18 or 19 men. Uh, are mentioned but it says and Mary and the women so I rest my case the first woman that would receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit um, prior to at the time of the uh, outbreak of the revival was in 1900 and her name was um, Agnes Osman and the first woman in the first person in Britain that's recorded as speaking in tongues—I can't think of her name—but obviously she was a woman too. And so, uh, both in America and in Britain, the first people that were um, that were uh, spoke in tongues, baptized in the Spirit, were women. Anyway, um, I was at this prayer meeting, and uh, and I thought, you know. Uh, what am I going to do, you know, breathe in. And somebody said, sitting next to me, said, are you seeking the baptism? I said, I don't know what I'm seeking. He said, just relax. And I found myself speaking in words that I didn't understand. And um, afterwards, I told somebody, oh, I I received my baptism tonight. She said, well, I didn't hear you, but she came to hear me quite a few times after that. What I'm trying to say is that we can sometimes be so caught up that uh, we, we get intellectual barriers. We think this doesn't sound right. Of course it doesn't sound right. But this, um, Paul says that, um, uh, he said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. And he said that um, when a man speak in tongue, when a person speak in tongues, no one understands them. Howbeit, in the spirit that person is speaking mysteries. So when we speak in other tongues, it's our spirit that is praying directly to God. And so um, it it was so natural to me, and uh, you know, I like the. Outrageous sometimes. I, I'm not afraid of chaos. Um, uh, you know, we worry sick about extravagance. You know, leave that to God. He can control things in his own way. He doesn't need our sticky fingers to um, try and stop what he is doing. But allow him to 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 just come upon you and and to me, it was the most natural thing that I think I've ever done. I just found myself quietly speaking in a language that I did not know. And, and that was my experience of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I, I'll say this in Finnish. Um, As far as tongues is concerned, can I say that the real value of speaking in other tongues is in your own personal um, quiet time in your um, devotions, your own personal devotions. I believe that those who are baptized in the Holy Spirit should speak in tongues and should speak in tongues every day because we have the ability to do so. And it's our spirits praying our spirits communicating to God. So I I like the chaos when it's of God. I've seen the other side and we wouldn't want that. But when something unusual happens that's of God, we know it and we, we don't worry too much about it. But I also like the naturalness. And for me... Um, people think I'm a bit of an extrovert. I don't think I am. But um, f- for me, the fact that I received it fairly quietly and quite naturally, to me, made it all the more supernatural. Thank you. David.
0: Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. I'm going to invite um, the... Um, the the band to come back up now and to sing us a reflective song. If you would like to be prayed for, um, for more of God. Now, um, I know when I was first seeking, I just could not get enough. We used to go to... Uh, we did a lot of our courting in the church. And uh, on, on a Tuesday night, I would... Um, I would go to uh, Jean's uh, Bible study and then on Wednesday we went to our church um, where we had a Bible study and prayer meeting. On Thursday we would go to her prayer meeting and there was only a few old ladies. There was a gap. We were in our early 20s and then the next next step up was about 70-odd. <laughs> so... But, But they were great old people. (laughs) There's no old souls in heaven, is there? (laughs) They they were just great old people. And uh, I remember an old guy called... um, um, He had definitely got a name. uh, uh, (laughs) and, And he said to me... It's, it's ground outside at fire David, isn't it? And I knew what he meant. It was just wonderful. If you would like to be prayed for and you want something more of God and maybe you just want a refreshing from heaven or something, why don't you come out to the front while we sing this song over about reflecting and, 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 and wanting more... And 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 we'll come and pray with you and stand with you. It'd be a, just an act of of sort of, uh, well, obedience or whatever. And just come to the front, and we will we will pray with you. Whether it's for the, 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 the baptism or the fullness of the Holy Spirit, or whether a refreshing, or whether you, you, you need a touch of healing, whatever, why don't you come? We're, um, these evening services are, um, we're not so bothered about time, are we? Um, 12 o'clock should be <laughs> adequate. <laughs> so let's stand. Would you kindly stand with us? And um, Jesus said in the last day, He said, he shouted, he shouted, if anyone is thirsty, may come to me and drink. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scripture declares rivers, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. But now, praise God, the Spirit has been given. Father, we pray for that hunger and that thirst after the things of heaven. Touch each one of us, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.